Hey, I'm Sean. And I'm Clayton. And we are men who like men who like movies. We are two queer men who love movies and love talking about movies. And after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. What did you pick out for us to watch this week, Sean? I love this movie so much. And it's funny because I I, I, I did not see it until about four years ago. So this isn't even a childhood classic. This is just a classic. Um, we watched my favorite Thanksgiving movie, Adam's Family Values, which is one of the greatest sequels of all time. With one of the most iconic villains of all time. Oh, wow. I can't believe I saw this before you. But yes, we did watch Adam's Family Values. And we also have a special guest with us today to help us out with this. We have got Jessica Scott, content editor for Film Cred, a feature writer at Slash Film, a wonderful cosplayer. Seriously, you should check it out. And owner of the site, We Walk Here. We Who, we who Walk Here, sorry. And also, if you ever get mad at Rotten Tomatoes critics, she's one of them. And you can also see some of her pieces at Dread Central. It is so nice to have you here, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And Yeah, I, did, I was going to ask you, why did you pick this? What's your relationship with Adam's Family Values? Um, actually, I saw this. And uh, this was the first time my family let me choose the movie we go see. And I was never again allowed to choose the movie that we go see. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah i was obsessed with the adams family and i loved the movie so much when we saw it but everybody else was like you're banned i want to from you so (laughs) it's been the story of my life as a horror fan oh wow i can't believe they didn't like it i mean i don't know your family my family my family would have hated it as well but (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was gonna say my family like was more of the like the John Aston TV series, you know, mm-hmm. Carolyn. Uh, oh my God, Carolyn. I can't remember her last name. Ah, oh dear gosh. Um, but I mean, that's that was more their speed. I think they saw the first one and it, the first one I don't like as much as this one. Um, and I think they saw that one and they were like, eh. And then this one, I just think, I think it's a near perfect movie. I love it so much. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think that this one just doesn't have like it's just perfection yeah agreed and i think well the first one i think is just a little bit too it goes towards that madcap kind of feel and it doesn't work as well <laughs> and this one I, I think the sarcasm is funnier i think the dark comedy is hilarious and i think debbie jelinski is one of the greatest villains of all time i will not be taking questions on that <laughs> <laughs> nor should you because you are right <laughs> it was so funny because I had seen this, uh, weirdly enough, this is one of the movies I had seen when I was younger. And I remember liking it, but I didn't really have any context for The Addams Family, and a lot of this went over my head, and I had no idea who Joan Cusack was. So I had to have seen this, like, before Runaway Bride, and because uh, that would have been my main context for her when I was younger. And so when I rewatched this, I was cracking up, because I didn't even know Joan Cusack was in it. And uh, watching her do that performance, <laughs> I just... I lost it. I thought it was so funny. But know, yeah, that's it. Oh, go ahead. Out, like on like she should have been in neo noirs after this movie as the femme fatale. Like she should have been typecast as like Debbie Gillen. I don't know why Hollywood didn't jump on that because they really missed out. 
150. She always just played like kooky friend characters after that. Mm-hmm. I feel like not. Yeah. I yeah, had never seen her like that. It was just, it was so funny. And she was so good at it. Um, I mean, I barely recognized her. And yeah, I loved it. It was my favorite part of it, probably besides every line reading by Angelica Houston. Uh, <laughs> it has to be Dab. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. This is a movie that made me like Angelica Houston. Um, I used to not be a big fan. I, I how dare you? I, well, I know, I know, I know. Like she's great in The Witches. Like, and but it's been so long since I've seen it that I just was like, eh. And uh, I just, she just never popped for me. I don't know why. Um, and then. A few years ago, like probably about four or five years ago, my best friends, um, they were just like, hey, like, let's watch a movie. And then Adam's Family Values, I think it was like one of the first times it was on Netflix. And they were like, oh, we should watch this. And I was like, I've never seen it. And they were like, what? <laughs> and so they legitimately, they were like, no, we're watching this right now. There's no, con- like, we're just going to watch this right now. And we watched it and I died the whole time like I was laughing my head off and I like you know Wednesday is just you know sarcastic queen and it's just it's so much fun and Debbie is just one of the greatest villains ever she's just she's funny she's she you know she's materialistic like and just kind of well just generally awesome so, <laughs> so after that, I was like, I've been obsessed with this. So I watch this at least three times a year now, just to make sure that my sarcasm stays home. <laughs> so, just in case it, it starts to slip. <laughs> You're really exposing yourself on this show. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you guys want to just kind of jump into this movie? And there will be spoilers. I'm sure we've spoiled things already. But, you yeah. know. It is from the early 90s. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this movie is almost as old as, as we are. So, I mean, like, at this point, like, or at least for me and Clayton, I, I'm not sure. You're, I mean, you saw it in theaters, so I'm going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm the, I'm the elder over here. <laughs> I am right in between you guys. So, <laughs> um, so I mean, it, it, I feel like anyone who listens to this, they're, they, they should definitely know spoilers, but we do have spoilers. Yeah. Um, yep. So this was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld and written by Paul Rudnick. And it is a who's who of cast. Like, seriously, pretty much everyone in this is like either an amazing character actor or like they've gone on to do huge things. Um, you, of course, Angelica Houston is Morticia. Raul Julia is, uh, or is it Raul Julia? I always forget. Um, as Gomez, and this was actually his final film released before he passed away in, I believe, 94. Um, I mean, Christopher Lloyd is Uncle Fester. It's Carol Kane, who is, Carol Kane plays Grandmama. Um, I mean, Carl Stroiken is Lurch. Like, it is a who's who. Christina Ricci. Christine Baranski. <laughs> Peter McNichol. Any movie that Christine Baranski shows up in just is automatically amazing. 
yeah, it's already better. Like her name mm-hmm. is in it. It's just like she, like even when I was when I watched it the first time, she popped up, and I was just like, Christine Baranski is in this, and. <laughs> As a, like, as a gay man, Christine Bransky, I just have to <laughs> support everything she does. <laughs> right, and then even the kid from the kid from the Santa Claus, uh, or the elf from the Santa Claus, Bernard. Uh, <laughs> dude, I had such a crush on Bernard when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I am a huge. I, we are huge Buffy fans. Um, so I was like, Harmony Kendall! <laughs> um, Mercedes McNabb playing Amanda. So we were, I was like, I, I was like, oh my god, Harmony. <laughs> and I fully believe this was also just Harmony as a child. And I believe, I don't really remember because it's been a long time since, since I've seen the first one, but I almost think she was in the first one too as a small yeah, character. She was the Girl Scout selling the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, I was shit. like, you just did a big article on the Adams family history, so yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm I've got it in my head. I've watched this movie like three times in the articles and stuff. So I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was gonna say, do you want to give us a? I mean, you probably are more versed on the history than me. Do you want to? Do you want to kind of go into a little bit of history? Of it? Like a Adams, yeah, totally. Um. So the Adams Family has been around since um, they started out as uh, Charles Adam- Adams's newspaper cartoons, um, and the family has pretty much remained. Uh, sometimes the grandmothers are dead, sometimes the grandmothers are alive, but everybody still communicates with each other because it's the Adamses and they have seances and stuff. Um, 1964 sitcom, and then uh, we've got the the Sonnenfeld movies in '91 and '93. In between, there were um there was this weird live action special uh where gomez has a brother who tries to steal morticia away from because they are the ultimate couple in complete love yes they are absolute goals have a romance like that i don't want it exactly thank you um but yeah and you know since then there was uh, a live action sick Sonnenfeld movies because you know as popular as these movies were everybody wanted a piece of the Adams Family action so there were you know the sitcom and the special and then trying to revive it with some animated features um, in 2019 and 2021 I want to say I was not a fan I'm really excited for Netflix's Wednesday which is coming out very soon I think I the day before Thanksgiving you thought about about that and again that when we scheduled this like i knew that was coming out but i didn't even think about it it was just like this is thanksgiving and sean picked it and then i'm like oh yeah yeah <laughs> also we did not course <laughs> oh i'm sorry to cut you off go ahead no, 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 no. <laughs> oh i was just gonna say we did not plan this i swear like <laughs> i was just going through when we set our schedule up we set our schedule up back in september and it was like beginning of september end of august and I was just like, Thanksgiving is that week, and that's my week. Like, I'm doing my favorite Thanksgiving movie, Adam's Family Values. <laughs> and then Wednesday comes out, like, this Friday. And I was like, wow, we know how to plan without planning. <laughs> right? Like, it's perfect. I'm so I... excited about it. I love Jenna Ortega so much. I oh usually don't watch trailers because they ruin things. So uh, I 
It was actually last night I finally watched the trailer for it. So I was like, okay, I'm too curious. I'm too curious about this. And I was like, this looks so good. And I mean, Kath- also, Catherine Zeta-Jones, like, is she a vampire? Thank you. Like, yeah. is she, is she just doesn't look like she's aged at all since 20 years ago. She looks like she just finished filming Chicago and like has long hair again now. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I think Luis Guzman is, like, perfect for Gomez. I know. I can't believe people were getting mad about that. I'm like, he's literally perfect. Have you seen the original, like, right? you know, comics and stuff? He looks mm-hmm. just like him. Yeah. And he's so funny. Like, he's been in so many things where he's just hilarious. But, like, I, I, I honestly, I think it's perfect casting. Yeah. And, I'm super excited. Yeah. The only thing, I kind of wish it was, like, an R-rated thing. I'm... I can see why it's not, but just I'm so used to seeing Jenna Ortega in R-rated horror. Yeah, she's having a great year. Oh my god, she's having a great run, and mm-hmm. I still think the Fallout. I wish more people had seen that. It was so good, heart wrenching, but so good and just kind of different than what she usually does. So I'm True. very excited for this. Very very excited. Mm-hmm. Did you guys is- ever see the Brian Fuller one? Oh, I did. The- yeah. See what? I missed what you said. Oh, Brian Fuller did a pilot of a reboot called Mockingbird Lane. I did. I saw that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I enjoyed that one too. It was weird casting, but it was like, it worked. <laughs> but that was, was for the monsters. monsters. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought that was the monsters. Oh, no, it was the monsters. I, what was I thinking? What am I thinking well, of? They're pretty the similar, to be fair. Like the monsters and the Adam's family, they were on around the same time. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I still haven't watched Rob Zombie's Monsters movie, and I love Rob Zombie, and I know that's very, very divisive. I can't remember where you came down on that, Jessica, but I I, still have not had a chance to see it. I loved the Monsters. It is like high camp, neon, wall-to-wall neon. I love that movie. Good. Okay. That makes me feel... I was so sad when it... You know, every time Rob Zombie makes a movie... A film people just go nuts people love it people <laughs> hate it and uh, with this i was just like he's doing like a family feature i don't know i have a very yeah. beloved property <laughs> i don't know what this yeah. is gonna uh, i don't have any Pretty hard into the sitcom goofiness which i think turned a lot of people off but i liked it mm. see i've never i don't have any like relationship with the monsters because i grew up super christian no tv so i've like i've never seen them literally the only monsters thing i've seen it was that mockingbird lane thing that failed um so i mean i'm aware of what they like who they are and stuff but i don't have any like relationship to it we're like rob zombie ruined the monster movie i'm so excited so i'm glad that I like your opinion on a lot of things from what I've seen. So <laughs> that makes you. me feel better for it. Yeah. Not that I'm done mixing IPs. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was that was embarrassing. Embarrassing, Sean. I'm not even going to cut that out. Yeah. I think it'll be nice and humbling for you. Here, I'm just like, I'm done with the podcast now. Like, we can stop. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> I was going to say, this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was that was a little much. Sean, uh, I can forgive you for all of that. <laughs> but Sean, the monsters. 
get out of my house. Mm. Anyway, wherever we were at in that, um, you were talking about the history of the Adams family. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty much done. Like, I, I know a lot of people were like, why is Wednesday coming out in November instead of October? But Netflix was stacked in October, and I think it was smart for them to have a November release mm-hmm. for this. Plus, it ties in so perfectly with Adam's Family Values, which I feel like is kind of, a, she's continuing, like, she's carrying the torch for Christina Ricci. Like, mm. So I think it's perfect. I agree. Also, God, the horror releases in October yeah i feel so so sorry for everybody that actually had to do (laughs) reviews and written things because i (laughs) i don't even have that that i have to do and i may be through half of the things i wanted to watch that came out in october and it is halfway through november (laughs) yeah it was so overwhelming like all my friends who are writers were like i'm dying i'm dead i'm not gonna make it to the end of october I don't know where they even had time. And I'm like, man, they've got relationships and day jobs and like <laughs> podcasts and all this stuff they do. And <laughs> I was just watching everybody be overwhelmed. I was just like, I want, but at least I don't have to watch it and then write an assignment. About <laughs> I don't have homework. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, but uh, I do. I, I agree with you on. I know you said you didn't like the 2019 animated one, right? Yeah, right. I I was not a big fan either. I think it kind of it it didn't have the spirit, and also the like Gomez and Morticia were not the same Gomez and Morticia that have always been. Like like they were they like kind of judged their children. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not who they are. Exactly. I'm Malibu Barbie. Like, <laughs> It, it, they just it, I I was not a big fan either it, it turned me off enough that I haven't watched the sequel yet I might I haven't decided yet but I agree with you I do think that the, the it was kind of a, a misfire in my opinion exactly. I didn't see yeah. the sequel I just saw the first one I thought it was cute but again I hadn't seen Adam's fan like any of the movies or anything for so long the differences in the characters didn't bother me but when I was watching this movie for the podcast I was like oh they really did fuck it up (laughs) they are not the same people but as far as just a cartoon if it was a different IP I would have thought it was adorable and I did think it was really cute but in hindsight they did really mess it up (laughs) but it was adorable animation yeah it was cute yeah but at least we have go ahead no I'm sorry go ahead no, I just I like the like making fun of the neck and things like that, but it didn't. I I agree with you completely that they misunderstood the Adamses and like how open minded and supportive they are and how close of a family unit they have. Like it felt like they were disconnected and didn't like each other, and that's not who that family is at all. Exactly. Like in this movie, like it does it perfectly. They don't understand why they want to go to summer camp, but they send them to summer camp. Like. <laughs> It's not their choice, but, but they don't know that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that's one thing I love about it. Like, I love about the Adams family is, like, no matter what happens, the parents, like, the whole family is there for each other. Like, even Wednesday, who 
you know, for the most part, she's just like usually the smartest one in the room. And it's just like, oh my God, sometimes these people are just too much. <laughs> or, but even she's there for him when, when the chips are down and when she needs to be. And I think it's just, it, it's such a great example of just like parenting in general. And even and, in the little brother, you know, when he turns blonde and everything and they're like, oh no. And Morticia's <laughs> reading him the cat in the hat. And she's like, do you like this? But she was doing it. She was being supportive of her very, very blonde generic baby her sick child and, yes uh yeah they were so supportive you know if their kid was gay they wouldn't have kicked him out they're wonderful parents that sounded like a dig at my parents it's not it, <laughs> it anyway i also have wonderful parents but, yeah, like uh, this is that's one reason yeah. everybody loves the adams is because like they're they're to support the misfits and they're they're the nicest people in town even though they you know they're the the wonderful people and all the normal folks are the weirdos i just i'm obsessed with them <laughs> they would have totally kind of been friends with you for your goth nights out yes a hundred percent although morticia probably would have shown up and shown you up because she is yeah. morticia Adams. It's, it's true i can't even complain that's true yeah. <laughs> as long as you say to her, I love your dress. It's so tight. I'm sure yeah. she'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I know that compliment cracked me. I'm just it's so tight. <laughs> That's just game recognizing game because they both dress like even though Debbie loves pastels, she looks amazing in all her like white ensembles. Oh yes. my gosh, yes. Her like her like white almost nurse's dress like that mm-hmm. was iconic the off the shoulder with that giant clunky <laughs> like the the like when they're getting uh when they're getting all the furniture put in the house and she's in that like floral moo basic well not, it's not a moo but it like, is well, not a moo <laughs> I'm, a, I'm apparently just not going to be able to talk real English <laughs> <laughs> or, or correct English, I guess. But like everything she wears in this movie is iconic and I love it. I just, it and I, I, I hate saying iconic because I think it's such an overused word for things, but like it's so true in this case. <laughs> Some things are iconic. And also, have you ever done a cosplay of her, Jessica? Because I, I think have. you should. I have I you know the the feathered robe she wears when they come to visit her and yes uh, that that's the cosplay I did and it was so much fun uh you need to find that picture and send it to me because okay <laughs> that's so wonderful <laughs> uh, yeah I need a feathered robe I do have a wonderful big fuzzy robe with a hood that is amazing and warmer than most winter coats mm-hmm. but I do not have a robe with feathers yeah, I think I it was... would greatly improve my life I I took a just a regular sheer robe and like safety pinned a feather boa to it and I just haven't taken it off because it's so much fun to wear so <laughs> uh, cosplayers are so creative I like to see all this stuff and be like man i can never do that that looks so fun and then you hear about them putting the costume you're just like i just safety pen this together i use like bubble gum and you know tape and paper clips it's 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 all good wow see but that's so creative 
Well, I mean, but I've, I've seen scenes, where it secrets. has kind of worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so creative because it, it's just, it allows you to do your own kind of take on the character too. So you can kind of change a little bit if you want to. It's, it's so cool. I I I did a little bit of work look, looking ugh, the English. It's going to get me today uh, <laughs> on your page. And like, seriously, you do some awesome work. Oh, thank you so yeah, I do really enjoy it. That's one of those things every day. I'm just like, well, that'll cheer me up a little bit if I'm depressed <laughs> because I have bad depression. And in this time of year, it always gets worse. And then just personal things, it's just not helped. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy seeing your cosplay looks because oh, they're you. fun. And I actually, I get them. They're not just, oh, this random cosplayer. I have no idea what they're doing, but it looks fabulous. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, I actually know this outfit. I know what they're doing. It's, yeah, a lot of times I'll include pictures because I like to recreate poses. Mm -hmm. And some people don't know the movies. They're like, wait, who is that? So I like to have the pictures and tell people where it's from. Also, because oh. it just makes people go watch the movies if they haven't seen them. And I love that. Right. I will say, Sean, I know you're not on social media very much, but have you seen Jessica's Thetabera? <laughs> no, I did not. It's fantastic. And I wanted to, Pearl has just come out, you know, so there's not a ton of gifts yet. I just wanted to find a gif of Mia Goth being like, Theta! <laughs> <laughs> Calling for the alligator. I, <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't find it, so I did not comment. But I greatly oh. appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. I love that shoot. It was very good. She was she was a hottie <laughs> i did not even know who she was until pearl said to admit that but i didn't that is what i learned <laughs> and i from earlier times <laughs> yeah it really does i did love how everybody <laughs> uh there was a podcast that i'm not going to name but they did an episode on Pearl and uh, didn't realize <laughs> that it was the Spanish flu that was going around in it. And uh, they're very, very smart, much more knowledgeable about everything. But I was cracking up. And then the, the day after their episode came out, they were like, yes, thank you, everyone who has kept sending us <laughs> messages that it was the Spanish flu that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought it was really funny. So yes, um, horror does educate <laughs> <laughs> on basic history. <laughs> also, I just looked it up and oh my gosh, your theta bear was so good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. I, was, I told you I, it was really good. I was like, I already have Twitter up. Let me just pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Sean, keep Twitter up while you can. <laughs> right? No kidding. Like, I can't, I can't leave it. I know my friends that don't really and honestly a lot of my friends because Twitter is the place where you make friends and love complete strangers and <laughs> Facebook is where you learn to hate your friends um, <laughs> so a lot of my friends don't use Twitter and so nobody <laughs> around me has understood my complete panic slash meltdown and just great sadness in general for what's been happening <laughs> I'm just like no you don't understand like it's nothing to do, I mean, it's partially to do with, you know, promotion and podcast and networking because 
that's just where stuff happens for people like us. Mm-hmm. And so that's just sad on its own. But I'm like, Twitter has also given me like not Tilda Swinton. I don't know if you remember that whole thing when that yes. happened. <laughs> um, and that like that has given me pleasure for years. I mean, constantly it'll be like in my memories and stuff, places of when I was just like have not Tilda Swinton thing. And it's from Twitter and it's really nice. And it's just being ruined in real time before our eyes. And I think it's very sad. And also, don't let him fool you. If you do need to find any of the not Tilda Swinton's... Don't you dare, Sean. Oh, I can't say it. I can't say it. I will will embarrass myself. I went through um, and screenshot every single... I just scroll... Not like each individual tweet, but like the pages of the tweets of the entire not Tilda Swinton timeline every tweet they've ever had and put them in a folder on my phone because I was like if the servers shut off I'm not losing these entirely genius tweets listen uh, there are so, so many like, they are this is very important because I wouldn't want to lose that like it's it's a treasure on the internet so yes it was nice. sometimes they just get you through the bad days even if you don't really know what you're talking about yeah. <laughs> sometimes I do feel like a squirrel thank you <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway but back to Adam's family yeah. <laughs> I was going to say we went on the Twitter table <laughs> I can't help it I, it's, it's always on my mind always yeah, I was gonna say I we I've lost the train of thought. I swear English is going to get me today. Um, I, I was gonna say the him, script. Is I love making him do podcasts early in the day. <laughs> yeah, because my work before like I don't know too. <laughs> Even though I I like luckily at work I could just go into like muscle memory, so I'm just like ah here's this, here's that, and, like, but, like, having my brain work early, no, it doesn't work very early. <laughs> if it's anything before, like, two in the afternoon, I'm generally just, like, I am mostly human, just not completely there yet. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just, but, like, I can roll out of bed, and as long as I have a couple cigarettes, I'm good. <sighs> no, uh, I, this is not an endorsement of smoking. It's a very bad habit. Don't ever do it, anybody who's listening. And it will cost you so much money and possibly your life. <sighs> yep, but um, let's get. Let's, I think you're right. We should get back to the movie we're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, it like just this script is incredibly brilliant. Like it's so witty. It's so smart. It's like there's a couple things in there that I don't think have aged because. If you're alive for the reference, it's some of it I'm like, mm, I'm going to have to look that up later. But it's just so much fun. I mean, any movie that starts off with Gomez, marvelous news, I'm going to have a baby right now. Like, you got you, any movie that starts like that, you're just, you just know you're in for a great time. <laughs> yeah. The two things I remembered about this movie from years and years ago when I went in for this rewatch was, well, the two things were 
see grammars getting me but not just a full-on mixing up franchises um <laughs> sorry <laughs> drag me <laughs> we're a wednesday in the in the waiting room our parents are having a baby too they had sex <laughs> i remembered that and then at the camp when she smiled <laughs> And little Mercedes McNabb, she's scaring me. Those were the two things I remembered from this movie. That is it. Uh, was just Christina Ricci being a little icon. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's I, all I remembered. Go ahead, Jessica. Sorry, I, I was gonna say I think that's why my family hated it so much because they were very much like the parents at Camp Chippewa. And- oh God. So they were like, I, I did not like that at all. I, you know, <laughs> so it's very much a, a culture clash in a way, I think. Oh, so you were more into homicide than boys too? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Still am to this day. <laughs> homicide uh, is so much more fun. <laughs> healthier. What do you think the joke per minute ratio is in this movie? God. they are just cracking them out it's not and it's not just like throwing out jokes and seeing what sticks it makes sense in the dialogue and it is just so whip smart and funny mm-hmm. and even the stuff that i don't think i don't think i'm referring to what sean was referring to about the movie aging at all i think this movie has aged very well and the stuff that is like politically incorrect isn't the movie like being racist or anything it was more poking fun and satirizing racist white bitches <laughs> than anything else so i feel like it's aged very well I, oh like, i don't mean like the movie itself i'm just saying some of the references like Amy yeah. fisher, i had to look that up i was like i don't know who amy fisher is <laughs> like uh, um, yeah. i mean there's like you know something here and there like that like those i was like okay so you do have to be all if you weren't around during the period or like you i was i was like two when this came out um so when look if you weren't like really with the period it might be stuff you don't really know so like for me i was like who's amy fisher like (laughs) even amy fisher thing though i didn't know who she was and from i also looked that up and I feel like that wasn't a thing that was such a huge that everybody would have known who Amy Fisher was. No, and maybe I'm if just... that had, maybe if that had happened now in the age of social media, yeah, everybody would have known that if that made like huge headlines and stuff. But with the context clues, you knew that it was just a random killer, and it's still funny even if you don't know exactly who she is. Yeah, but if you were old enough, like I knew who Amy Fisher was at the time because like the media would not shut up about her. Oh, mm-hmm. so it was like a really big deal. Oh, it was, it was a really big it deal. Huge. It was a really big deal. Yeah. Bigger than Tanya Harding? Mm, probably comparable. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> like I'm double checking something really fast. Um, but yeah, like, I think part of it was Joey Buttafuoco had a funny last name, <laughs> which like <laughs> kept the story going in the media for longer, I think. But yeah, it was a really, like, I, I was aware of who Amy Fisher was at like nine or 10. So 
That is impressive. <laughs> Again, like I grew up without TV, so like stuff like that would have been not anything I heard about. But I did remember hearing about Tanya Harding. So that's okay. why I was asking about that. Oh, I don't know yeah, how Tanya to remember that because a- I was <laughs> because I was young enough. I don't think I should have known who Tanya Harding was. <laughs> so but maybe she was just such a cultural like a thing, it just seeped into my head. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite moments from the Oscars a few years ago was when Timothy Chalamet turned around and saw Tanya Harding. <laughs> and the face he made, he was just like, oh my God. <laughs> the same though. I mean, if I turned around and Tanya Harding was three seats away from me, I think I would have had a reaction as well. I would have probably sure. been like, I need to snap a little selfie real quick. <laughs> it'd be so hard to be famous and just be on camera all the time everything you're doing uh couldn't do it yeah i don't know how people handle it Mm-mm. some people don't clearly that's true that's true it's sad though very happy for Lindsay lohan's comeback very happy hope it keeps on track Anyway, I don't know why we keep not talking about that. Probably <laughs> We're like, we love this not. movie. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're the one that went to Tanya Harding, then to Lindsay Lohan. So I mean, like, <laughs> like, this is like six degrees of Kevin Bacon or something. Like, we're, I'm, I'm like, we're, we're going really far away. Like, this ship is sailing. <laughs> and, uh, uh... You also confused Adam Sandler with the monsters, so that's just. Oh, you're gonna bring that up every time, huh? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. All right. I was gonna say, just watch your piece. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just. I, I I get where you're coming from. I see where the tangent went. You just gotta steer it back. Um, but yeah, it's. I just. I really love this script and everyone every joke in this is hilarious and like i said i don't think it's like some of the references i think are a little dated like but they're not like they're not unfunny like you knew amy fisher had something to do with either killing someone or something like that like Mm -hmm. just because she's part of the you know serial killers and monsters cards which also if they have she wasn't a serial killer though (laughs) well it was like like that it was kind of like different monsters card kind of thing is how I took it it's like that's why they didn't have a Jack the Ripper or the Zodiac I did think that was so funny (laughs) he's like I don't have the Zodiac or Jack the Ripper and it's like well of course people don't know who they are but yeah I I just I mean this movie is just endlessly quotable like I mean I I also love the one house three children and then you hear the window break and it's like so many windows (laughs) 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 <laughs> because I have a lot of nephews and nieces and I'm like yeah when you hear the breaking stuff you're usually just like uh, unless somebody's screaming I'm gonna just be we're, they're gonna be okay <laughs> and I mean also Morticia is just such a feminist icon like uh, such a feminist icon like she is, she is a modern a modern woman I wish I had to dedicate to the dark forces. Yes, and join their hellish crusade. Like (laughs) she has this is so much more. And like everybody, like Angelica Houston, I would watch her 
do 20 more of these movies honestly because her delivery is so perfect mm-hmm. yeah it really the, is it's the the dracula no, highlight like the that highlight yeah, on the eyes i was watching she... it and i'm like how did they light this because i don't know how it didn't i because i'm just i was watching it and it was actually distracting me because i'm like this is so good but i don't know how they lit her that specifically because you could tell it was done like on the day it wasn't like an after effect or something oh yeah without it reflecting on anyone else or her like blinking away from it because clearly they just had like a light reflected directly on her face and a bar across her eyes like uh but it's such a cool effect she steps into her mark and it hit like she steps up until the it the eyeline is perfectly lined up like i i'm obsessed with that i'm sure it's simple if but to me it's like that's magic i have no idea how they did that i know i was just like all this other stuff that's so complicated and everything and i also <laughs> really loved how this was in that hey that perfect little sweet spot of the 90s where they were showing off like special effects and like mixed mm-hmm. with cg and what they could do mm-hmm. mixed with practical and it just it looks so good i mean it doesn't look da- you can tell like obviously it didn't come out today but it holds up really really well and some from that time period either is just physically painful to watch and this was just joyful like all the effects were so fun done so well yeah i see especially like late 90s early aughts i think the cgi is really rough but thing in this movie like it's just so perfect especially for the time period pretty seamless and really creepy yeah, and just the little the little hand running around, and when he's on the skate and stuff, it doesn't look out of place. You you think it's just like there, somebody's remote controlling this hand, like it. And I actually oh. do think it probably was CG, not a puppet. Oh yeah, thing, no. but the but the fact that I couldn't tell, I loved. It was just like this could be there, it could not, but it still looks really good and, and it interacts with the environment fine. And I mean, I believe it's there. Well, no, and... they actually had a hand actor, so I mean, mm-hmm. he's the same actor in all three of the movies up through him. Uh, Christopher Hart, he does all the hand acting for Thing, mm-hmm. and he's a magician too. I mean. <laughs> awesome. Which I oh, also really enough. loved the moment. This movie is so dirty for a family movie. It is. <laughs> but when when Debbie sucks the finger when he's up on the shoulder and then just like smiles and just like that is not a proper babysitter right? material. Like <laughs> that woman is gonna try to sleep with your husband. I know that you have a wonderful love, but I'd be like, this bitch is gonna try to hand the rock the hand the rocks to cradle me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Well, and that's not the only time thing is like kind of sexualized because there's also like when Fester's talking to Gomez and he's like, I have needs. He's like, there's thing. And then just like powers. And he's like, I oh, didn't oh, even catch that. Oh yeah. my God. And thing's like, no, I'm not. Not again. Yeah. What oh. I did catch was him looking at a pinup photo of his mother. Yes. Mom. And then sharing Mom. the a nice smile and look about that but god this movie was so dirty which i really appreciate it i love a good naughty movie uh innuendo is my favorite form of humor (laughs) like and i mean we haven't even gotten to the one of the two mvps of this movie well there are three technically morticia is definitely one of them but i think she's the least of the mvps but one of the two 
biggest one for me is Christina Ricci, of course, is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, the sass and sarcasm is, it's, it's goals. Honestly, it's just goals. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I was like, I'm generally a sarcastic putty person, but I wish I was this whip smart. <laughs> right. I mean, She's I'll be the victim. I love that you think your puns are so smart. Oh my God. That is so funny. So funny. I also love her. Just like, I can't swim. <laughs> and the, the run through of the babysitters. Like all oh of God. those little interactions are so funny. I love the one with the puppet. <laughs> and Cynthia Nixon shows up. Yeah, I know. I was just yeah, like, I'm going to that. Oh my god! Yeah, like... prevent forest fires. <laughs> <laughs> Lighting a match. Oh, I love this movie. Also, I'm so glad they showed uh, um, Mercedes McNabb and her parents in the airplane later because <laughs> when I was watching this, I was like, did they actually kill all those people at camp? <laughs> Because the last we'd seen here, they're literally roasting them over a fire and like all this stuff. And I'm like, did they set her on? Did they set her on fire? Did they kill all these people? I don't know. I'm just speculating (laughs) that might have been a studio note. Like you have to make sure we know they didn't actually kill those people. Like you have to show that. Yeah, because I did wonder, and that scene did seem really random when the baby goes up and they're there, and she just shuts the window. Yeah. So that would make sense if it was a studio thing. Like, we can't have them murder an entire camp full of people. (laughs) Though it would have been pretty satisfying. Yeah. I mean, I did wonder it for, you know, however long it was between those sections of movie. Also, oh my God, speaking of... (laughs) So Harmony's... I'm just going to call her Harmony. That's who she is to me. Um, Harmony's mother... I feel like she's been in so much stuff, but what I recognized her from most recently and like I'm watching the movie and just immediately got an IMDb and was like, is this her? Uh, I don't know if you saw Licorice Pizza, but uh, actually, I should, I, did you see Licorice Pizza? I have not uh, seen that one. Oh, anyway, there's this scene in it and she plays a, uh, oh, she's like a, a casting agent? person. Yeah, she's the Asian person okay. that I you, that yeah, you made always, me watch. Yeah, I was like, watch this scene. I think it's so funny, and yeah, so that's what I recognized her from. I was like, I know I've seen her in something recently, but obviously it's you know thirty years time difference, and so I went back. I was like, oh my god, that was her, and I feel like she's just been like you know a character actor throughout my life, but that was the most recent. You know, it's like that's so funny. I love her, and. I'm an older man. I'm like, I know her from Frasier and Desperate Housewives. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. She was in Desperate Housewives. I mm-hmm. watched all of Desperate Housewives religiously. Um, um, Frasier was a little bit before me. And I'm not huge on sick. Weirdly enough, I, I love horror and I love Oscar bait stuff. But comedy, <laughs> unless it's a really, really dark comedy, like I thought Silent Night was hilarious. Um, the Camille Griffin one, you know, where the world's ending. Uh, oh, yes, I thought that yes. movie was hysterical. I like really dark comedies and stuff, but just comedies in general and sitcoms especially, I don't really appreciate for the most part. I've been told I would really like Frasier. Uh, Frasier's brilliant. Like, but I've never, 
I've never seen an episode. That one. <laughs> that was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. Like it's like speaking of whip smart, like Frasier was very well written. Like it's all like very funny. Like every character in it is is funny. There's not a single one of them that's not. Like everyone from Frasier to Roz to to Niles to the dad to to um Daphne, like the, just the entire cast of it is funny. And a lot of the supporting characters are funny too, which sometimes shows will be like too reliant on the supporting character, like the, you know, just every day, they'll pop up every episode or two kind of characters. This one, they're all just like hysterical. Seriously, Frasier is worth it. Watch it. Yeah. I have no time, Sean. I don't yeah. have time. <laughs> yeah. You do I, it for BB Nerd. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's my I mantra. Get that on a- <laughs> <laughs> Do it for BB New Earth. I love it. I'm getting it on the <laughs> I think you want to watch the faculty too. <laughs> I do really love her. Uh, yes, but uh, Christina Ricci, oh my gosh, so freaking funny. All of her lines are great. Um, I, and I mean, the other MVP and the greatest villain of all, well, one of the greatest villains, I won't go to the greatest, but uh, Joan Cusack as Debbie Jelinski. <sighs> there is fewer perfect <laughs> roles in film and I think Deadly is one of them. <laughs> it had to be so much fun to play. Honestly, everybody had to have a blast on this movie. Yeah. Seriously, think, everybody commits but she, like 150% not to be like a cliche or anything, but like she goes for it. Like I'm still I'm going to say it again, I'm still bitter that we didn't get these are dramas with her as that same kind of femme fatale role. Like, I need more of that. I mean, why don't we have more femme fatale roles in general? Because femme fatales are, I feel like the, it would be the most fun to play. Mm-hmm. They have to be so much fun to do. You got to be sexy and campy and like, and you just don't get them very often. I know, because modern movies don't seem to like sexy or campy as much as they used to, which is a shame. They that's don't. The most I feel like fun. the closest... The closest thing I think we've gotten to like a real femme fatale in years was in, um, oh my God, Kate Blanchett and, uh, oh my God, Nightmare Alley. Oh, yeah, Nightmare Alley. I think that's about the closest thing we've gotten to a femme fatale in quite a while. Mm-hmm. And she was quite wonderful in that. Yeah, but they had to remake a noir from 47 to do it. I, you know, not to be like, ah, let's yeah. get rid of the remakes and make more original. You know, I, I love remakes when they're good. Yeah. Those stories. And even if they're bad, you know, you've always got the original. And right. Otherwise, you've got, a, it's a 50 50. You've either got a bad one and you're stuck with the original and you can bitch about it, <laughs> or you've got another movie to love. And exactly. So I don't think they're a bad thing. No. I don't think it ever. <laughs> I'm very pro remake because I like the original. And, yeah. You're not burning all the prints yeah. of the original. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I always think of Scream Four when it comes to like remakes and stuff like or 
stuff like that where it's just like you forgot the first world don't fuck with the original (laughs) (laughs) no way i can get scream into this podcast because god i love those movies but uh also very pro scream (laughs) for same oh thank gosh we knew you. We knew we liked you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, "You sicky? Give me extra pickles." Sorry, I stole. I stole your. That's like Sean's favorite just, quote from True Blood, and I just stole it from him because I thought it fit. It's either that or I can't eat daylilies. <laughs> that. Um, but I also want to talk about uh, the tango sequence because oh, my God. movies need more femme fatales and they need more dance sequences. That was yes. all I'm saying. And I'm saying like a dance movie, but like a dance sequence. Mm-hmm. Like I love dance sequence in a movie. Like they're just so much fun, and sometimes they're just like so random that it's like. Okay, like I love a random dance sequence or a random song sequence that just doesn't. You know how in like um, oh my god, my brain now my brain's not working. Um, my best friend's wedding, how they randomly have the song at the restaurant, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. just for no reason. I I love it. But which um do you think has the better random tango sequence, this or True Lies? Ugh. Uh, this one is so much more fun. Yeah, <laughs> like just the just the flirting, like when it, like he like spins her across, and then he like lights the cigarette for the the woman with this, or the lights the lighter lights the woman's cigarette, and like where it's just like, hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can tell she's just like, hmm, no, this won't fly. <laughs> like they just, uh, it's so like. It's just so sexy, like which it is it's, it's sexy and very very <laughs> funny. I mean, she grabs what oysters or something too for casting, yeah, for the- <laughs> <laughs> and completely like serious again, like just committed. Yes, like, and talk about innuendo. All the champagne bottles. Oh my god! Climax. Oh my god! I died. I died. <laughs> yeah, climax at the climax. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like everything was just over the top enough. Like it was a basic mm-hmm. tango sequence, but just dialed up a little bit. And just him kissing all the way down her arm and all the way across and back. And then she just puts that. <laughs> <laughs> At just the moment you're like, oh my God, is he really going to like go all the way across again? <laughs> it's like they let every joke go on just enough and just perfect comedic timing which i feel like is really hard to get um i think comedy is very hard for people to do correctly especially i mean those roles especially morticia i think it'd be so hard to do because you have to be funny and sexy and like keep a straight face yeah it's a, is, well, and I, I mean that's very angelica houston's wheelhouse yeah it's it's also boy which i think is so cool because she's she plays it so cool like she's just kind of coy like she knows she is she is the queen of this castle she knows her man is devoted to her like she is she's just she is okay with life and you know like it's just uh she's just so epic 
I love, I love when she's giving birth and they're like, do you need anesthetic? And she's like, no, you can ask the children. And they're like, push. And she just like slightly, just barely. <laughs> Are you in pain? Is it exquisite? Is it anguish? Yes. This is torture. <laughs> no, she doesn't even say yes. She says, we. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like, I've uh, never heard one say yes so sexy. <laughs> like, yeah. I also think it's so funny how she was just like, later on in the movie, when he was talking about how devoted he is to his brother, he was like, I would crawl through hot, you know, shards of glass and hot coals. And she just like looks almost, I didn't even what? know, it's like horny and coy and just like kind of barely raises one eyebrow. Why wait? <laughs> <laughs> I love that they oh, are constantly. So horny for each other even though they've been married for who knows how many years i know while she's giving birth that is a man who loves his wife like <laughs> uh, she seems like she'd be down for it oh, too. a hundred percent yeah <laughs> the doctor has baby's coming out <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've only it was easy for all women to have babies like that though <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel like people would probably have a lot more children if it wasn't that traumatic. I don't know how people do it. I'm so glad I'm a man. So glad that I don't ever have to be terrified with our our healthcare system of getting pregnant and having to have a child. I don't know. I don't know how people do it. I don't know why people do it. <laughs> well, it takes it. I mean, women are just so strong. And like, that's one of the reasons I really love this film. It's like all the female characters are just so funny and so strong and just incredible. Like, Debbie may be, you know, kind of evil, but like, she is totally is... evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and i mean even when she's explaining it i'm like ah like she felt a little ignored did she take it to the extreme yes she did but like (laughs) you know what about debbie like (laughs) malibu barbie like she was a ballerina graceful (laughs) poised like they had to go i i I don't blame her (laughs) i'm with her it makes sense (laughs) i also love how all the adams are just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i have a question for you guys do you think if she didn't try to kill them at the end do you think they would have accepted her if she would have just actually tried to be part of the family oh yeah i always think she would i think they totally would have accepted her uh I think the only, I don't even think they would have been mad about her trying to kill them. I think the thing they were most upset about, aside from the pastels, (laughs) was her taking a fester away. I think that was the thing that they were most mad about. Agreed. Like, they didn't even seem mad that they were being threatened with their lives. (laughs) Well, they're so used to trying to kill each other. Like, Fester and Gomez were always trying to murder each other. The kids you know, averse to murder. They're just all about family loyalty and like staying yes. together as a family. <laughs> if she had moved in and tried to kill them all every day, they would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Aunt Debbie was fantastic. We love Aunt Debbie. It's magnificent. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, and Clayton, you're right. Like, I think it is the the whole you. I mean, even Morticia says it when she's like, "You've gone too far. You have married Fester. You have destroyed his spirit. You have taken it from us. All that I could forgive." <laughs> but, but Debbie. Estelle's? Estelle's? <laughs> like, I mean, Sickest burn ever given right? in a film. <laughs> <laughs> well, then again, I also think that your work is puerile and under-dramatized. Is <laughs> I wonder how many times they had to do it for that because I don't I had know trouble. if I could get through it. <laughs> I, I feel like if I was you know, filming that scene as Wednesday, I feel like I would have a hard time getting through that line and just keeping, you know, a perfectly straight face and like I'm burning this adult to the ground as, you know, a kid. And it's like she's 13 on and you know, granted I she'd been acting, you know, she's a pro. Mm-hmm. But that would have been a hard thing to get through. And I'm like how many takes did they have to do for her to get through this like tear down of this ridiculous camp counselors? Awful, awful, awful Thanksgiving play. I mean, it's so <laughs> oh awful, God. it's wonderful. Yes. I was going to say, this is why I it's my favorite Thanksgiving movie, because it's a takedown of, like, traditional Thanksgiving. Like, exactly. It's like yeah. an Indigenous I People's Day movie, yeah. Exactly! And that's why I'm like, this teaches you something about actual Thanksgiving, so let's rush the Adam's family again. <laughs> <laughs> And for these reasons, I have decided to scalp you and burn your village to the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't blame her. Can't blame. I mean, it's it's yeah. it needed I to happen. All the people like wearing the same cardigan and the same button up and the same slacks. They needed to hear I what, know. where they come from. <laughs> and I love how like right. everybody at camp were just like little blonde girls. And everybody in the stands all look just alike. <laughs> they were all just waspy, got all their clothes at the same store, <laughs> other than like, you know, these five children that looked different. I did think, oh my God, Christine Bransky, she is just so funny. You know, she's going through all this thing and then she's like, Jamal. <laughs> and like the kid just rolls his eyes. <laughs> just like, Jamal. <laughs> like it's not even difficult. You, like you know, she was just doing it to be a bitch. <laughs> uh, Christine Bransky. Uh, I say Peter McNichol, right there. They make such a weirdly like fun like couple. I didn't. It, the, I remember the first time when I watched it. Like it, this sounds like it's so long ago. Um, I was <laughs> like Peter McNichol and Christine Bransky. <laughs> like <laughs> what a combo. Like that is that's kind of strange like and then it just for some reason it works she's like a cheerleader he's the you know the theater director and i'm just like okay yeah i see it i get it (laughs) (laughs) it does almost make me wish we had a uh no, you go ahead and then i'll just i feel like whatever you were gonna say is so much more interesting i just no i was just gonna say like 30 minutes of what their home life was like like i want to see how they decorate their house and i want to see like all the insane pictures of them like grinning and 
themselves everywhere. I just need a little bit more of them. I, I think the movie is perfect, but I want just like a 30 minute special of what their home life is like. So oh, the question I was going to ask, I was going to say, do you think they have sex? Because, like he is a closeted homosexual. <laughs> I don't know. Do you? I don't. <laughs> it's hard for me to read her because Christine Bransky is just such like, she's just it's Christine Bransky. Right. And so it's hard for me to like as a character because she's just always so larger than life and but it's hard for me to like get a read on her and things because I'm just like it's Christine Baranski <laughs> but yeah I could see that like they're each other's beards oh uh, I, I just think... go ahead sorry no go ahead I'm done oh I was just gonna say Nobody's I, I think they live... well, well I'm sorry I was just gonna say I, I think they live in camp so if you got this I don't see them <laughs> like their that home is, is their... the happy cabin like yeah like, <laughs> like it was like a two-story thing they were standing in front of like they live there like the camp is their home like you go into that main building and there's just probably pictures of them all over the place just like smiling <laughs> range like, I, I, a hundred, that is 150% my head cannon. I'm just like, they live there. Like, this is all they have. <laughs> no, I accept that. I think you're right. <laughs> like, I, I do too. The camp ever. <laughs> I also, you know how you said you wanted 30 minutes of them? I want like a six hour cut of that's just a deleted scene. But a full six hours of watching <laughs> Christina Ricci sit in character, watching the sound of music <laughs> and the Little Mermaid. <laughs> All of this movie is... <laughs> That's what I wanted. I just wanted, like, you know, when Shia LaBeouf watched all his own movies with, like, a camera on him. I just want to watch Wednesday Adams watch all these movies with a camera on her. I was so sad we didn't get more. We just saw her, like, settle in, like, okay, I'm gonna get through this. I imagine it looked a lot like the scene where they're, like, against the chain link fence and they start singing Kumbaya and she's just, like, breaking behind her, like, oh, oh, oh. I love when she gets home but she's like, you sent us to camp. They made us sing. <laughs> I just love how chastised they look after that. They're just like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> like the parents are just like, oh, yeah. Also, how rich are the Adams? Because one of the parents made a comment about how expensive it was to go to camp. Twenty grand for summer camp, and he's Mister Woo Woo. Thank you for repeating for <laughs> that incredibly awful line. That I yeah, just like. I, yeah, incredibly it's racy. just. One of the at the it's time, so it was so bad. It is so racist, but, but again, like I don't think the movie's condoning that at all. No, it's clearly but... making fun of people like that. Yeah, uh, and I think that entire scene is a takedown of like a, a basically like whitewashing history. Like the whole, oh, yeah. the whole thing of it is like they're they're just like thank you, Sarah Miller, for you know bringing us. Wallbox blankets and you know all this <laughs> other crap, <laughs> and so and that's what it is. It's kind of a takedown of like of of essentially like conservative culture, and that's a, a kind of a lot of what the movie is about. I was gonna try and save this for the end, but I think this is a good place to put it. Is um, 
the writer actually um, said that he got the title for this movie from Dan Quayle's uh, speech or, or one of his speeches about the 1992 um, race riots in Los Angeles. And that he said it was because it's a, in his quote, a breakdown of traditional family values. And I think that like this, it's very much a send up and a satire of like conservatism. Like the conservatives are the ones that are like, they're, like you said, like you said earlier, they're kind of the weird ones. They're, you know, like this family is loving and like they love each other and they're considered strange, but like we're, they're very much like, they're the, they're the good people of the movie. Whereas like the conservatives are like, well, they're Becky and Gary. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the whole thing about the Adams. Like they are the people we should aspire to be. Like they love each other. They're loyal to each other. They're kind. They don't judge other people, but they're considered the weirdos because our culture is not made for compassion and empathy and consideration of it's, it's so brilliant. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, if you want to find an Adam's man, it has to be Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also one of my favorite. I just love that. It has to be Dan. So sexy. So sexy. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where I was like, Angelica Houston sexy? Like, this is it. Like, this is I like, and I'm not. I don't know her entire like filmography. But, like, every so, time I'm, when I think of Angelica that. Houston, I just think of the Royal Tenenbaums, specifically at the end when she finds out Gwyneth Paltrow is a smoker, and she's like, "How long have you been smoking?" And Gwyneth Paltrow's just like, 26 years or whatever it was," and she's just like, "Well, I think you should stop." Keeps going on with whatever she's doing. <laughs> I, just oh. I feel like she just comes out every few years and gives an amazing performance and then just goes back to whatever she does and I love it love her also I did not know this until I was doing a little bit of background research for this her father I didn't like know she I'm not going to say she was a nepotism baby because I don't really believe in that it might help get your toe in the door but you know she is incredibly talented her dad's who directed The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. What? Jack Huston. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't... That was Robert Wise who directed The Sound of Music, but John Huston was a very famous director. What yeah. did he direct? It was it was something that was... Oh, God. So many. Um, <laughs> I'll was... look him up really fast. Right. I could be wrong, because again, it was in like IMDb trivia, because I was looking up like something and happened to see it. And... I couldn't remember who directed The Sound of Music, so it could be yeah. something different, but I think it was something that they were watching um, in the I don't camp, think so. In the cabin. Like, John Houston did, like, The Maltese Falcon and The Treasure of the Sierra Madre and The Misfits African and things Queen. like that. Yeah. Well, my bad. So <laughs> yeah. blame, I, blame IMDB, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this Sticky. is why before we just say it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, as we call this movie The Monsters again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even realize that her dad was like a director. I just thought she was just this wonderful actress that 
appeared one day, much like Tilda Swinton. Uh, <laughs> you make it sound like they just like pop up in a movie. Like nobody casted them. Just like there's just I like this movie was coming out, and Angelica Houston was just like, Whoop. <laughs> I 100% believe that Tilda Swinton does not get cast in things. She just appears and it's like, I'll do it. No, they write her name on a piece of paper and let it go into the wind. And she just pops up the next day and it's just like, what's the part? <laughs> I have a really funny story. So that... tell me anymore. I already know the script. I wrote it. <laughs> uh, you know that movie uh, I think it's a zombie movie uh, I can't even think of what it's called The Dead Don't Die Yeah. yes The Dead Don't Die I don't know if you saw that Jessica but I was watching yes. that with my friend and I in off- I hated it I really hated it I wanted to like it but I really aggressively hated it that day but at, we're like a third of the movie in, and I looked over at my friend and said and I literally I did not know this I said I swear to God, the end of this movie is probably going to be Tilda Swinton getting in space. <laughs> and then it happened. At the end. I, I was just like, I swear, I did not know. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen that, Jessica, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I have seen it. Said, I'm just, I just, I think it's so funny it. that you got it right. <laughs> I know, because it's not something I don't try to like predict movies. Sean like, needs to predict movies and know what happens and everything. And it wasn't him I was watching it with, it was my friend James. Hi, James, if you ever listen to this. But he thought for sure I knew the ending of it. And <laughs> I didn't. And it was just like, it was really early in the movie. And it was just that type of thing. And I was just like, I swear to God, like I, I was being really sarcastic. And then at the end, like this patient comes down and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And <laughs> I did feel mildly like a genius for a moment, though. You the fly is off, Trent. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, it's a flying saucer whenever I see aliens in movies I think of Fargo season 2 when yeah. flying saucer and like uh, Jesse Plemons is like stopping to look and Kirsten Dunst is like it's a flying saucer and we gotta go <laughs> that's how um, I think of aliens I think in fluent movie quotes and I also speak fluent Clayton which is why I knew what movie he was talking about <laughs> Yeah, because I could not remember the title of that movie because I hated it so much I tried to block it out, but Tilda Swinton sometimes makes me think of it and she can do whatever she wants. But that movie just didn't work for me at all. Sorry, uh, Robert Jarmusch that did that. Jim Jarmusch. See, I'm names. I just can't names today. We'll blame IMDb uh, for that one, too. No, that one's just me not remembering names. And yeah. <laughs> she's just been like, the Jarmish director. Mr. Jarmish. Just, like, don't try to do first names. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, okay, also, how at many other children's movies do you hear someone say, eat me? Like, <laughs> I, I just say, <laughs> like, I, I, like, I think the parents' faces when, when they're singing the song and Pugsley's just like, eat me. And they're like, <laughs> 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 yeah, they're just kind of like, 
excuse me? Like, <laughs> how dare you? They just have this choreographed little dance at this like a summer camp. <laughs> I have gone to a couple not that extravagant summer camps. It was like Christian summer camps that were like a week long. Um, but I just couldn't imagine like no, you have to learn this musical and uh, choreography and everything for the end to put on this dreadful little show for your parents. Like it's not like it's a show choir thing. It's just a regular camp, but you have to do a musical. <laughs> and why were they I, doing uh, a Thanksgiving so, one at a summer camp though? Like he I just really, really wanted. <laughs> like this was his. <laughs> This was his magnum opus. He just needed to get this out. This was this, <laughs> this was his passion project. <laughs> yeah, I just I I don't think I've ever put that together. Like it's that they went to summer I camp. Didn't put that either. <laughs> a Thanksgiving uh, parable. <laughs> and everybody thinks of this as like a Thanksgiving movie, mainly because of that scene. But it very clearly, like, is it's in the summer. summer. Yeah. It takes place over a few weeks' time in the summer. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't think I've, I, like, now I've seen this movie so many times, and I don't think I've ever put that together. Like, what? <laughs> Why are they doing Thanksgiving? <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to question it. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> My favorite camp moment. It, probably though <laughs> she's they're telling scary stories and she's just like this is stupid and, and they're like well if you don't want to and she's like and the next morning when the campers woke up all of their old noses had grown back it's <laughs> 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 wonderful oh I oh, I love it I love Wednesday so much. I was gonna say, let I want to talk a little bit about some of Debbie's lines because honestly, some of them are just so good. Like <laughs> when she has the veil on, like when she before she's blowing up the house, and she's just like, "But officer, my husband was in that house," and then she like cry laughs, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> "So." <laughs> like, <laughs> Like a lot of the movies for this podcast, on one of the watches, I end up watching them with my ex-boyfriend, Mitchell. Ex from, like, 10 years ago. Now we're basically siblings. And uh, because of what happened this week with my cat, he was like, you need to get out of the house. Just come over and watch. And I was like, well, I have to watch. Um... Actually, no, that was before. That was before uh, that happened when we watched it. And we got to that point in the movie and he was just, I just didn't even say anything. I just looked at him and he was like, I know, that's me. <laughs> because that probably will be him someday. <laughs> uh, I can say that. I dated him. <laughs> he will probably be. I Also, that gold digger thing is so funny when they're like, that was our mother. She was buried with it. Yeah, she pulls out the shovel. Yeah, a literal (laughs) gold digger. She puts the dig in gold digger. (laughs) And it's so crazy. Like the smile on her face. Oh my God. (laughs) What did, because again, I know Joan Cusack more from, you know, stuff after this. What had she done before that? Uh, She was in Working Girl. Mm hmm. 
Wasn't she in Six uh, Candles? Again, I... Okay. Yes. So that's my John Hughes blind spot. I have not seen Sixteen Candles, and I have also never seen Working Girl. We are covering it later <gasps> in our in our first year. We are covering that because I have never seen it, and Sean's like, "You have to see that." I love um, that movie. <laughs> broadcast News too. Broadcast News is really good, and she's in that. Oh God, I forgot about Broadcast News. It's been years since I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. No, she's. She's so before been this and after this, that was just a really weird casting choice. Not necessarily. Uh, she, I mean, in Working Girl, she's like the best friend, the kooky best friend. She was nominated for an Academy Award, if I believe, for it. Um, like, don't quote me on that. I, I haven't had a chance to check IMDb to see the last. I don't need to quote um, you for that. It's going to be recorded out on the internet. <laughs> No, you're um, right, though. You're she, right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so she, I mean, she's was she's always been kind of, like, kooky best friend, you know, kind of role, and, and like, she's a comedy genius, and, and this one, I really feel like she's, she's a comedy genius, but she's also so sexy. Like, it is the sexiest you've ever seen Joe Cusack, in my opinion. Um like she just she plays oh come on you didn't think in shameless she was super sexy shoving dildos (laughs) uh i have not watched shameless all the way oh i was this is like what the first few episodes when she was doing that to william h a super dirty william h yeah i don't know i don't remember it very well i think i I watched most of that was years ago that was again I was probably 22 when Shameless started, and I never finished it. I didn't watch the last season or two. Pretty much once Emmy Rossum left, I was done. <laughs> well, like, seriously, but it's just, it's kind of a, I don't think it's against against type, like, the funny it is, but, like, it is the most glamorous and the most, like, sexy she's ever, in my opinion. And That's what I, I mean, like, I don't know that she's ever, ever done, like, sexy, and I just think it's a weird casting i mean obviously it worked it was wonderful but if i was in casting with jen cusack's what she'd done i don't think i would have even thought of her i think that's why it's so pretty Mm -hmm. because she's a a chameleon she's a black widow who marries men for their money and then on the wedding night kills them (laughs) it's just like they're like she's such a thing in disguise and they're going through all the pictures and like isn't one of them like not even her yes that's the point (laughs) (laughs) well I just thought it was funny because like all of them are like clearly like her in different disguises but then it just has the one that's a completely different person (laughs) well I'll be honest with you that's probably that's another one of the references because it's like like I should know who that is. <laughs> really? familiar. Jessica, do you know who that other person was in the wall of pictures? I don't remember the pictures. I, I'd have to rewatch it out for like the fourth or fifth time <laughs> just to see. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> well, sorry, I mean, there's like ten jokes in like thirty seconds. So yeah. that's fair to have missed that. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> and those it stuck out to me in those two watches because I'm like Joan Cusack, Joan Cusack, could Joan Cusack and all these fun little things. And then I'm like it wasn't Blonde like Cindy, lady. 
it wasn't like Cindy Crawford or something, but I feel like it was somebody that was big in the early 90s that was very clearly not her. And if you're trying to find that, good luck trying to find that one little thing. Cause right? I, I know, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, God, my one job here <laughs> and I'm falling down on the job. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> I was going to say, I looked up the Amy Fisher part and then I did look up the Aristotelian unities. So I can tell you what those are. Because <laughs> I had heard them as only the laws of unities, not the Aristotelian ones. <laughs> I mean, feel free to tell us. I feel like I might fall asleep. Oh. <laughs> they're just the three tenets of the. They're three tenets of dramatic tragedy written by Aristotle. <laughs> uh, forgot to. Unity. Secrecy and solidarity. <laughs> uh, it's the unity of time, which is the the dramatic tragedy should happen within a twenty four hour period. Unity of action. It's there's like one thing they're focused on, no subplots, and then unity of like location, I think it is. And that one is uh, you are like at one spot, like you don't leave that that place. Like it sounds like really nice, tight <laughs> indie films to me. Yeah, basically. Follow the Aristotelian unities. <laughs> also, that word is just so much fun to say. So Aristotelian. Unities, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Just get it out of your system. Yeah, I think so. I think we're good. Uh, just commenting on random things that I think of. Uh, I think my favorite moment in the movie as an adult was Buster's like, "You'll be right back, won't you?" Of course, she walks out carrying. Yeah, when she walks out carrying the luggage, yes, yeah. that's a funny part. <laughs> okay, so we've been kind of going around Debbie a little bit, and I just want to get to the my favorite villain monologue ever, um, and I mean uh, the finale monologue is just so good <laughs> like, <laughs> um i mean anything that's just oh gosh anyone who can bring up malibu barbie and make it somehow scary and sad at the same time i feel is just a master class actor i know i feel like i started this but i haven't like i'm like i don't know where i want to go with it <laughs> <laughs> well i just <laughs> we keep talking about how she's like funny and sexy at the same time but i don't think we've talked much about the horror like it's a horror comedy and she's she's very menacing and like very creepy at times and you know balancing comedy and horror and sexiness and all that rolled into one and keeping the tone balanced and keeping her energy up the whole time i'm like so fascinated with that because it's such a whole people she's giving this speech about all these people she's murdered and it's just all working like she I, she never gets enough credit for this role very like, obsessed with debbie jelinski but like in pop culture in general i don't think she gets all the credit she deserves honestly Absolutely. what i would compare her most to is <laughs> scream 2 and, you know, she gets tons of credit for being this wonderful, unhinged villain. And I think Joan Cusack is every bit as great. And, you know, she has the sexy thing and everything as well. And 
you know, I'm not going to give away the killer for Scream 2. <laughs> but, you know, she doesn't have to do, uh, you know, the whole sexy thing along with it. It's just more like unhinged and scary and funny. And so much credit, oh, fuck it, Laurie, to Laurie Metcalf. But Jenny Cusack, I think, does... I mean, it's amazing. And yeah, I don't think I ever really hear her mention in conversation. Yeah, Lori Metcalf yeah. needs to have like a shelf of Emmys and Oscars at this point, honestly. Yeah. Agreed. But and, you were saying, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think, uh, like, Joan Cusack is that perfect line between like, like horror, comedy, and sexy. Like, the scene where she like throws the radio into the tub with him, like, and she's like kind of dancing around in that like strobe light because the the light bulbs are being burnt out, like, <laughs> it's so, like creepy and just like she just that smile and like that shimmer she or like that shimmy she does. Oh, it's so creepy. Uh, I, she's just so cool. <laughs> I think the funniest thing in that scene is how it it's so campy because she's literally like throwing her head around for the maximum <laughs> effect with the strobe lighting. <laughs> and it should come off as ridiculous and it's just this movie is masterful at maintaining its tone. I don't know mm-hmm. how it does mm-hmm. it. Like all credit to the writer and director and so yeah. we are having technical difficulties. <laughs> Not sure where we left off. We are jumping back in. I believe we were talking about how it just had a perfect tone and everybody was on the same page. No yeah. notes on it. It's wonderful when that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And we were talking about um, how when Debbie Debbie let, uh, walks that perfect line of like horror comedy and sexy and i mean they're just like even her like the the end of her monologue when she's just like so i killed so i maimed so i destroyed one innocent life after another aren't i a human being don't i yearn and ache and shop don't i deserve love and jewelry (laughs) <laughs> like I don't think I've ever felt anything more. <laughs> Morticia's just like smiling sympathetically. She's crying. <laughs> like her tears, her eyes look like kind of misty, and I'm just like, they just feel for her. Like they, they're just like, we get it. Well, I'm so sorry. Like and I love it. And then she asks if any of them love her, and Gomez goes hands, but they're all strapped down, so none of them can raise their hands. <laughs> <laughs> And I found that was so funny because it's just like hands and they're all strapped down. So it's not like anybody could race them. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it, but like even in those scenes, like she really is that perfect blend. Like you're completely right, Jessica. Like she's just, she's just so good in this. Like, and it could have been like, like there are po- points where I think it could have gone too far into the comedy, and she does keep the horror back. And it's, mm-hmm. I think you're right. This the tone of this, and like all the actors know exactly what note to play, to like deliver a, a perfect performance. Yeah, yeah. and and I would think. I'll- 
and felt because most of these actors had worked with him on the first one and i think everybody kind of you know i think there are issues with the script not the bit but everybody honed it mm -hmm. and they knew exactly what to do going in when they reunited for the sequel and then just bringing in joan cusack was a stroke of genius that just brought everything up a level i think yeah right i just and it could have gone off the rails so easily i mean if you were just a fraction off in any of the elements it wouldn't have worked mm -hmm. and uh, it just it's pitch perfect literally no notes it's <laughs> <loved it. laughs> and i was really surprised at how much i loved it because i hadn't seen it in a long time and i thought it was just gonna be cheesy and yeah i was really happy during my watches of this for the podcast right and and that's the thing it's just i i haven't been on the adam's family values adam's family values bandwagon long but like <laughs> It is. It's a very, it's very near close to perfect movie, if not perfect. Like the tone is perfect. The act, the performances are great. Like I, you know, I love Debbie. I love Wednesday. I love Morticia. Even Pugsley and Gomez and Fester. Everyone's funny and everyone hits it like just perfectly. And I mean the the directing is fantastic. It's just it's a fun time. Like that, you know, just happens to be a satire of conservatism. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and perfect. I it's think, what, 95 minutes long? I mean, it's just in and out. And honestly, I we brought it up before, but I'm going to bring it up one more time. But Morticia and and Gomez are couple goals. That's all mm -hmm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. like yeah. you've i don't think i've ever seen a couple more in love with each other than probably romeo and juliet but that's like fake love not that is a toxic love <laughs> yeah that's not good love um but like everybody always talks about harley and the joker and i'm just like mm, not that's an abusive relationship yes <laughs> yeah i was like give me a morticia and gomez that's what i want mm -hmm. i want someone who like challenges me and like you know, the I love that they're a partnership. Like he never just like makes decisions without her. He'll ask her, or, like she'll she'll talk to him. And you know, I feel like in a lot of ways, like I, I feel like Morticia really runs the roost. <laughs> um, and I, I just I love it. I think this is just such a so such a good like example for like what like a great love can be. And we watched Twilight a couple weeks ago, so we just saw what was really oh bad. So, like, <laughs> like, so watching this one, I was like, oh, I believe in love again. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's back. Okay, we're good. I, we watched like Twilight, and then it was like, you've got mail. And I'm like, ooh. ooh. I still maintain <laughs> that you've got mail is very romantic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't like it. And it agree to disagree. Yeah, I, it was cute, but not great. That's that's in another podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, it's I, I do. I love the romance of this, um, and just I think it's just such a great movie. It is, and they model what a good romance should be for their kids because Wednesday and Joel. Mm -hmm. Like it's, she's being you know weird and creepy and literally trying to scare him to death but she also doesn't judge him for being the weird kid like they are modeling a positive 
good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wednesday and Joel, they're so cute. They they're are. so cute. <laughs> uh, you think so, he's actually? I know. <laughs> Which, according, uh, I read, I read on IMDb, so who knows if it's true at this point? Um, <laughs> but it was they were talking about how. Uh, Christina Ricci didn't like to kiss David Krumholtz because he had peach fuzz. <laughs> I thought it was funny <laughs> that they gave him a little mustache at the end. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I thought it was yeah. I just love when he's like, what you, she's just like, you look weird. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, so, um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I'm good. I was just going to ask, uh, so what are you guys' final thoughts on this before we start to wrap <laughs> things up, before we have any more technical difficulties? Mm-hmm. And uh, what would you give this on a personal score of one to five? Um, I think it's one uh, of those sequels that's even better than the original. I love this movie. I agree that Debbie is one of the best villains. This is probably my favorite incarnation of the Adams family that I've seen so far. Um, I would give it, can I give it four and a half? Yeah. Okay, that's my score. <laughs> uh, I will go ahead and I also gave it a four and a half out of five. Um, I greatly enjoyed it. It made me laugh a lot, which is nice during seasonal depression to have something that makes me laugh. And I really enjoyed it. It's probably going to be something I add into my rotation a lot more frequently than once every decade or something since I literally hadn't seen this probably since I was in my teens, which is more than a decade as much as I hate to admit that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. I had no notes. I know we've talked about it for forever, but really no notes on this. It's not perfect to me it is a four and a half out of five just personally even though i do think it is very well done um what about you sean uh for me it's a five um it's kind of one of those movies my friends and i quote all the time um i just i really enjoy it i love the sarcasm i love the the comedy and the horror and debbie and wednesday and it's just i love an intelligent script and I think this is a very intelligent comedy horror movie. And those are, uh, I mean, there's more out there than you'd think, but like there's, it's, I think this is one of the best done comedy horror films. Um, so just for a person, uh, probably in actual rating, it'd be a four and a half, but for, for, but for, you know, for all the, the warm and tinglies it gets me, I'm giving it a five. <laughs> yeah. Always, always go with your heart on a personal rating. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not like it's for Rotten Tomatoes or anything. <laughs> Everybody, blame Jessica if something doesn't have what you think. Exactly. I'm the uh, one who messed up the is, score. <laughs> I do think it's really funny if I'm going on and like reading a review or something and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> I talk to them now. <laughs> <They like it. laughs> do I have to just like get angry now? <laughs> 
no, I never get upset about stuff. If people have a different opinion, they have a different opinion. That is fine. Not everything. I'm working on that. Everyone. I have. <laughs> you are working on that, Sean. You are. I'm very proud of you. I was going to say, everyone should love everything as much as I love it. No, I. I... <laughs> no, I'm a. I, that is something I got to work on. I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I love Killing of a Sacred Deer, but that movie is not for everyone. <laughs> So, uh, Sean, since this was your pick, what was this movie made for and how did it do? Uh, so this movie was made for $47 million and it, did, it didn't do as well as the first one did, the, the Addams Family. Um, but it did gross $111 million, so it more than doubled its budget. Ooh, uh, that's, that's still not really... I feel like a movie needs to, what, triple its budget to really... Well, that would be now. Considering well, even the then, advertising like buzz, this, this probably had a big advertising thing, and I don't know. That's probably why they didn't make a big budget third one, and it was wasn't the third a TV movie? Yes, um, I, the third one was a TV movie, and then also with the death of Raul Julia, um, I think that's also what kind of crushed it out of theaters yes but it did underperform um considering what they were expecting but yeah i mean it still did it still did well like it's like did it do gangbusters no not so much but it did make 111 million dollars i mean 111 million dollars is never anything to sneeze at but (laughs) i was gonna say double its budget so but yeah that's also i mean 47 million for uh little like a comedy like this in the early 90s that's a huge budget to give something so i'm surprised it didn't do better than that though because i feel like and again i haven't looked at all but i feel like the first one did insanely good numbers uh just from memory so yeah that's a surprising to me so uh as far as letterboxd what do you guys uh I always make Sean guess. You can put in a guess or if you already know don't. <laughs> what do you, what uh you guys think this is on Letterboxd? I'm going to guess 3.4. 3.4 is okay. my guess. Okay. Like it's like either 0.2 or 3. Point something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to block you like the price is right. I'm going to say either three, five, or three, six. <laughs> like, sorry. Oh, you, were getting, you were getting good. It is a three, seven. Ooh. Oh, wow. It's actually higher than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, I think that is very respectable for Letterbox because that yeah. Letterbox is you know, pure chaos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a, a 3.7. I still cannot get over I know what you did last summer being a 2.7. That's all I'm saying. I just cannot. I will never get over it. I will bring it up every time we do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Until something else shocks you. <laughs> Until something else shocks me. I, it's going to be all like, I know what you did last summer. is a 2.7. We need to fix this. <laughs> well, we just need to get a bunch of people to give it new reviews and bump it up. That's all that needs to happen. We just need to campaign really hard for I know what you did last summer to get reevaluated and 
I think it should be, you know, at least a four star just for Sarah Michelle Gellar's chase scene. But anyway, oh neither here nor there. So um, <laughs> before I go over our personal socials, where can they find you, Jessica? And do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at We Who Walk Here. Um, I always share my everything. Um, I have a couple of Adams Family articles up on Slash Film right now. You can check out. I'll also have a review of Wednesday coming out soon. Ooh, ooh, Grid. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, lots of Adams Family content. If you can't get enough of me talking about the Adams mm-hmm. Family, I've got you covered. <laughs> I will look into that. I'm really excited. <laughs> and she is a really good writer and everything. Oh, She's fun. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful person. And her cosplay is very joyous. Thank you. I wish I had the creativity to do cosplay. <laughs> or, you know, just be photographed in general. <laughs> <laughs> Not airing my insecurities. But anyway, if you want to find us on the socials, we're together on Twitter at Triple M Pod with three M's. I am at Just Happy to See You, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean is at Smurf013, S M U R P H 013. You can find us on Letterboxd, and I am also at Just Happy to See You on there, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean is at uh, Murph the Smurf, M U R P H T H E S M U R P H. We have an Instagram, Triple M Pod, also three M's. We have a Facebook page, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies. If you want to reach us on email, we our email address is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. And yeah, that's where you can find us and get a hold of us. Always there. We will respond. You can give us requests, just talk, whatever. Good times. <laughs> And one more thing is we usually bring up what we're going to be watching next week. And next week is Clayton's pick. So I think we're following a uh, Thanksgiving theme a little bit here. (laughs) Aren't we? (laughs) What are we watching next week? Uh, Next week, (laughs) since the episode will be airing on Black Friday, I thought I would pick the ultimate story of consumerism, Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> uh, wonderful movie. Cannot wait to talk about it. And uh, while we're in the time of giving thanks, and if you want to be kind and give thanks, please don't forget to give us a, a five-star rate, maybe even a review if you have the time. It helps people find us so, so much. And until next time, well, we well, will... hang on. We have to say thank you to our guest. That we did give true. a chance to do that. <laughs> I was like, gosh, gosh, you're just gonna end the podcast. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jessica. You've been so awesome. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. Yes, um, thank you this for was your patience. Such a fun conversation. <laughs> it has been fun. Like, thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, and... the next time you are here, it will just run very smoothly (laughs) and not be so all over the place and five million technical difficulties next time i promise it will just run like clockwork yes (laughs) yes i very much apologize and thank you for your time and patience and it's been a very fun conversation yeah anyway but until next time we will uh 
tell you goodbye and see you then. Bye. Bye.